Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Well, if you have your Bibles and would stand with me tonight, I want to give honor to Pastor Strader in his absence. He seems to be gone along when I pre- uh, gone a lot when I preach. I guess that's a that that means that he trusts me, so I, I take that as a compliment. So let's continue to uh, pray for Pastor Vendiola that God would give him strength and heal his knee in Jesus' name. Also give honor to Bishop Caldwell and to all you wonderful men and women of God. It was a 31-year-old pastor in Florida who is on record for having the world's longest sermon. Guinness Book of World Records using over 200 pages of notes. 600 media slides. How would you like that, Angela? 600 media slides. This man preached for 53 hours and 18 minutes. On the other hand, the shortest sermon I found was by a minister who stated his title and sermon would simply answer the question, what does God say when I ask, what's in it for me? And then he turned and sat down. Don't worry, I'm not going to preach for uh, 53 hours, but I do have more than just a title for you tonight. If you have your Bibles, I have a couple scriptures for you in Psalms 144 and 1. Psalms 144 and 1 says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock and my great strength, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Psalms 18 and 34. The first part of that, he teacheth my hands to war. And finally in Mark 1 and 21. Mark 1 and 21 says, And they went into Capernaum. Straightway on a Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Luke 4.32 says, They were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him, and they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? 
What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he, even the unclean spirits, then they do obey him. Luke 4.36 says, They were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What word is this? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits, and they came out. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And then finally in Ecclesiastes 3 and 8. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 8 says, There's a time for war and a time for peace. Tonight I'm going to deliver to you what I believe God has given me for, for this church. For just a few minutes I want to preach on this subject. It's time for war. It's time for war. Lift your hands and your voices and let's declare war on the enemy tonight in Jesus' name. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I speak faith into this assembly tonight. I pray that the gifts of the Spirit be active during this, during this message tonight. I bind every hindrance, every principality, every strong man, every stronghold, and command that they be utterly destroyed in Jesus' name. I command every thought be brought into captivity to the Word of God in Jesus' name. I bind all fear and confusion and every lie of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. I speak deliverance and dominion power and authority in this place in Jesus name and everybody said amen you may be seated in Jesus name it was a man who was running for re-election for governor and one day he arrived late at a barbecue dinner for his campaign and he'd not eaten any lunch or any breakfast or lunch and he was he was very hungry, and as he, as he moved down the serving line and he held out his plate, he received a single piece of chicken. The governor said to the lady serving the chicken, Excuse me, ma'am, but would you mind if I get another piece of chicken? I'm, I'm very hungry. I'm sorry, the lady responded. I was told to only give one piece to each person. But I'm very hungry, he repeated. Again, she said, only one per person. And This governor was normally a modest and humble man, but he decided that this was going to be the time to use the full weight of his office. And he said, ma'am, do you know who I am? I'm the governor of this great state. And the lady looked at him and squinted her eyes and said, do you know who I am? I'm the lady in charge of serving the chicken. One per person. Now move it along, Governor. There's an important moral to this story. One, you need to know who you are. Two, don't be intimidated into forsaking your calling or what you've been instructed to do. I believe that there are some water baptized in Jesus' name, some Holy Ghost filled, sanctified saints of God here tonight. In Daniel 11:32, it says, People that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I believe that God wants to do the miraculous here in this place. Few people believe it. I said, I believe God wants to do the miraculous in our lives. Amen. 
I believe that there is a great harvest that God has in store for Apache Junction and the surrounding communities. According to the Oxford Dictionary, war is defined as a state of armed conflict between different countries or different groups within a country. A state of hostility between different people or groups. A sustained campaign against an undesirable situation or activity. There are several reasons that a nation may choose to go to war. One is for economic gain to protect or to seize natural resources, gold and silver, oil and minerals. Second may be for territorial gain to increase a nation's size or to repossess land that has been taken from them. Another reason for war may be for a revolution to overthrow an oppressor like the American and French Revolutionary Wars. In the Bible, we find that the children of Israel were instructed to go to war against the inhabitants of Canaan. In Deuteronomy 7 and 1, the Bible says, When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whither thou goest to possess it, and hast cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites and the Hives, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. When the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. You can read throughout the initial conquest of Canaan how that the children of Israel went to war against the inhabitants of the land. No one, no Philistine or anyone were to be spared. No mercy was to be given to them. Now today we're no longer commanded to war against other people or nations. Bible says that our war is not of the flesh but of the spirit. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 says for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We do not war after the flesh. Our war weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. First Peter 5 and it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. The devil is not a cute little kitty cat walking around, rubbing up against people and licking your hand. He is a mean old lion roaming around, seeking whom he may devour. I've heard it said, someone once said, well, you know, the devil has no teeth. I don't know what devil you're fighting. But the devil I've been fighting has all of his teeth. 
and a few others. I don't know what devil you've been fighting, but the Bible says that he is seeking whom he may devour understand tonight that the devil wants your soul he wants to destroy your life he wants to take you to hell but i want to declare tonight it is time for war i don't know about you but i'm sick and tired of the devil wrecking havoc in our homes and in our churches and in our communities and in our lives it's time for war In our text from Mark, we read of Jesus visiting the synagogue to teach. In Mark 1 and 21, says they went into Capernaum. Straight away on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and he taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Jesus walks into the synagogue much as he would come into one of our churches today to teach. The Bible says that they were astonished at his doctrine. That word astonished means to be stricken as by a blow. He verbally slapped them. To be struck, to be dumbfounded. When they heard Jesus speak, it literally left them with their mouths open, unable to speak in complete amazement. Jesus didn't speak as the scribes and the Pharisees did. See, while they taught on traditions of men and how far one could travel on the Sabbath, Jesus spoke on the kingdom of heaven. He spoke on life and death. He spoke with power and authority. They knew they were hearing words of eternal life when they heard Jesus speak. Unfortunately, in many mainstream churches, there's too much preaching that resembles self-help seminars and motivational speaking. The Bible says that we are to preach the word. And when we do so, we should do so with the authority of the Holy Ghost. People were astonished by Jesus' teaching because he spoke with authority. Bible then says that in the synagogue, there was a man with an unclean spirit. And this spirit cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Reading through the scripture, there's a few things to point out. First, the the Spirit cried out, leave us alone. Now, I remember growing up as a young boy and in the church my father pastored and Every now and then, there, there would be demons that would manifest themselves in church. How many remember those times when you'd be having service and, and suddenly someone would begin to manifest, the demon would begin to manifest themselves? Mothers would quickly take the kids to the nursery or to a Sunday school room and, and the people of the church, the rest of the people of the church would begin to pray and cast out the demonic spirit. We don't see that very much anymore. The Spirit cried out, leave us alone. There's a powerful truth about the devil and spiritual warfare in those three words, leave us alone. 
See, the devil would rather that the church just leave them alone. And sometimes, unfortunately, it appears that the church would rather leave him alone as well. Let's just give a good inspirational message. Let's just preach about grace and and teach about the love of Jesus. We don't want to be known as that crazy demon chaser. We want to teach and preach about things that we can see and deal with in in the physical, in the natural. And if we're not careful, we just leave him alone. We leave him alone and then wonder why we're facing so many issues. We leave him alone and then wonder why there's all the spiritual attacks we're, one, we're fighting against. We leave him alone and then become angry when transgenderism and gender dysphoria take over our schools. We leave him alone and are surprised when our government and our society demands that men be allowed to pretend to be women and kids be allowed to be mutilated by doctors. We leave them alone and wonder why our families are dysfunctional. We leave them alone and wonder why our kids have become prodigals. It's because we have left him alone. It is not time to leave him alone anymore. I'm declaring tonight that it is time for war. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. This fight is not uh, between liberals versus conservatives. It's not Democrats versus Republicans. This isn't about MAGA. This isn't about Biden versus Trump. This is a spiritual war. And unless we get involved in this spiritual war, we're going to lose. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. See, for too long, for far too long, we've tried to resolve our spiritual problems with a natural mindset. Instead of hitting our knees in in prayer whenever we face a battle, we look to a motivational book. We come against a wall in our lives, and instead of fasting and praying to break through, we read, change your brain and change your life. Or your best self, be you, only better. You can just look at the number of books and conferences and seminars that are available, the marriage you've always wanted, how to live happily ever after, how to have a new kid by Friday. I actually own that book. I have not read that book. (laughs) I need to read that book. But we have far more books and seminars than ever in the history of the world, and yet we are more broken as a people than ever. It is time for war. I read today that as of 2020, according to the Total Patient Tracker database, there are over 30 5,000 children between the ages of birth and five years of age who are prescribed antidepressants. There are over 1.6 million 
between the ages of 13 and 17 on antidepressants. The total number of kids, 13 to 17, taking psychiatric drugs, including HDHD, uh, antidepressants, antipsychotic, anti-anxiety, and mood-stabling drugs is over 3.1 million teens. And we wonder why, oh why, are our kids harming themselves or committing suicide? It's because we have left the devil alone for far too long. And it is time for war. See, it bothers me, it really bothers me that we have church conferences and conventions and camp meetings and services and, and many of them the devil isn't stirred up at all. Mark 1.23 says right at the beginning he was, there was in the synagogue. The demoniac was in the synagogue. How long had he had how long had he been attending the Sabbath while the scribes and Pharisees gave their dry platitudes? How long did he sit unstirred, unafraid, while the religious leaders of that day argued about the lesser things? And yet until Jesus came along, he sat there in the midst of the religious leaders of that day and didn't bat an eye. But when Jesus showed up, and began to teach with authority and with power. The man suddenly began to cry, leave us alone. wonder how many evil spirits or how often evil spirits sit in our church service. I wonder how comfortable they are sometimes attending church services. But I don't know about you, but I believe it's time to stir up the spirits that have been comfortable sitting in our services and cast them out. Stop petting those spirits of envy and pride. Stop coddling the spirits of lust for the world and the flesh. It's time to speak the word with authority and kick every spirit of hell out of the church. It is time for war. Ephesians 6 and 10 gives us how to defeat the enemy. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, Take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. What kind of a person would wear just half the armor of God? Put on the whole armor. It says, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, one of the biggest weapons of the enemy is deception. It's deception. The devil has built strongholds of deception from the very beginning of man. The devil used deception when he deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden. 
We must know and believe and love the truth of the Word of God, and we must live in righteousness and holiness. It says, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You want to put the devil on the run? You want to defeat the enemy? Get in the Word. Know your Word. Read your Word. Roman soldier sandals were studded on the bottom with nails to give them sure footing. It says to have your feet shod with the preparation of gospel of peace. Know that if God is for us, who can be against us? It says above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Above all, we must have faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. You cannot defeat the enemy. You cannot wage war against the enemy without faith in your life. The Bible says take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. <coughs> Put your helmet on. Hold fast to that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Bible says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Here's some times where we miss a piece of the armor. God says, the Bible says to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. We must have war tonight. We must go to war. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 gives us the victory. It says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Proverbs 21 and 31 says, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? Hallelujah. I wonder if there are some who are tired of fighting against the enemy, who are tired of struggling in their life. I invite you to come down and to pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, there is victory in this place. We can't leave the devil alone anymore. We can't afford to just leave him alone. It's time for war, amen. Hallelujah, our families are depending upon it. Our children are depending upon it. Apache Junction is depending upon it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.